Talk Zone presents Motivation with a Purpose Radio, the show that highlights the inspirational stories of people from all walks of life. Now, bringing you real inspiration, here are your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Welcome once again to Motivation with a Purpose right here on TalkZone.com. I am Rich Hallstrom, and it is 11 a.m. Eastern Time every Friday that you can hear Motivation with a Purpose right here on TalkZone, the Talk, the TalkZone Talk Channel. And once again, by my side, my favorite co-host, and only co-host Zeke Bambolo, and today Zeke, we got a great show today. We're going to talk about how to write heartfelt letters for very special occasions and making occasions special with our very special guest Lynette Smith, that has written a book about that very subject. Should be interesting, Zeke. You know, you got me a little scared there, Rich. I don't think I've ever told you this story, but since you just uh, it just flashed in my mind as you spoke there. Um Writing letters, what a what a wonderful thing! And uh, I remember when I first came to the U.S. long time ago. Um, I came out of a civil war situation, and the only thing I had available to me really to communicate with my folks, uh, my parents in Africa, and I was here in the U.S. was uh, letters. But it became a tough spot in my heart because uh, as I wrote my letters, it took sometimes two or three months for them to even get the letter. So it became a little discouraging. Uh, but yet and still, how important and how how empty a lot a lot of times it made me feel inside when I couldn't communicate, especially through a letter or two with my parents and my siblings back in Africa. So uh, words mean a lot, my friend. Words definitely do mean a lot, and one of the Subtitles for our episode today is The Best Present is Free. And I think that's a very key thing to tie into our subject of writing heartfelt letters is because it, the cost of uh, stationery and the cost of sit down and write that uh, letter out, whether it be something for a wedding or to remember a loved one who has passed on or a lot of different circumstances like your own, Zeke, uh, it really is free. And as long as it comes from the heart, uh, it can really have an impact on the person that you're communicating with because of, as we have discovered on the show, Zeke, words do have meaning and impact in their context. Wouldn't you agree? I do, I do, and, and we also, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear Lynette's thoughts as well, because we've also transferred our transition as a culture even more now to less, not just the written word, but less even of the spoken word, in, uh, in that everything out, out now, in our era, uh, as of now, it seems to be electronic, and electronic not be only because we're sending emails, but we've really minimized our means of expressing those words, especially our written words, from a penmanship, you know, writing a letter, especially a handwritten letter, and, and so we have to we, we have to be aware. Uh, we have to be go back to the place of just realizing how important those little things. Like I said, the best things in life are free, and sometimes it takes a few minutes to put a few words to paper that mean a whole heck of a lot to one or two people. Now, at this time, we want to take a moment to remind you that you can reach motivation with a purpose. On Twitter at MWP Radio Man or on Facebook at MWP Radio AM. And of course, right here every week on the Talk Zone channel, talkzone.com. And we also want to take the time to remind everyone that if you're looking for a great place to advertise your business or special project, why don't you do it with Motion with a Purpose Radio, where we teach people and encourage people to live and work with purpose. So if you have a business or project that you want to get the word out on and be part of a great team, why don't you think about advertising with Motivation with a Purpose Radio and get right in touch with us on either Twitter or Facebook or our Talk Zone page. Once again, Motivation with a Purpose Radio is always looking for people who want to advertise their great ideas and change people's world by influencing them to live and work with purpose. So get in touch with us today and be a part of our team. With that, it's my pleasure 
pleasure to introduce Lynette Smith. She is a professional freelance copy editor with over 30 years experience. And five years ago, at her son Byron's wedding rehearsal dinner, he presented Lynette and her husband with a framed, heartfelt letter of appreciation. It was so much better and more long-lasting than any purchased gift would have been. Now, she was inspired by this original effort to write her book that we are going to talk about today called How to Write Heartfelt Letters to Treasure for Special Occasions and Occasions Made Special and Right now, it's my pleasure to invite Lynette Smith to the Motivation with a Purpose microphones. Good morning, Lynette. How are you? Good morning, Rich, and good morning, Zeke. Thank you so much for having me here. I appreciate it. Lynette, what does a letter mean, and especially a handwritten letter, to the person that receives it? It's a tangible evidence that somebody thinks they are special. And that is so much more long-lasting because somebody speaks a nice compliment or whatever, or gosh, you meant so much to my life. And it's wonderful at the time, but over time, all you can remember is, gee, they said something nice to me. Wouldn't it be great to have something tangible you could go back and read like that letter my son wrote to my husband and me? Every time we read it, it's just as moving as the first time. So we can appreciate him and his appreciation for us over and over and over again. And when we die, he'll get that letter. When he dies, his children will get that letter, and so on. It will be a lasting family legacy. Lynette, how often do you think about that day? Probably several times a week. (laughs) Several times, because I walk past that letter, and every time I do, I think about it. It's sitting there in a prominent place on the shelf, and I'm just going, oh, man, and my hand just either figuratively or literally goes to my heart every time I see it and think about it. That was so thoughtful. Lynette, uh, thanks for, again for being on the show with us today. And uh, as, you, as you speak of that and the importance uh, of the written letter, uh, give us a, an idea of your thoughts of where we are as an era in terms of our electronic media and everything else. How do you think this is impacting uh, what you stand for, what you're so passionate about? Well, let's look about let's look at people in a crowded room or on on a crowded uh sidewalk. How many of them are engaged with each other as opposed to with their electronic devices? You mentioned earlier that people are not even hardly speaking anymore. When you see people at in a restaurant, they're not talking to each other, they're looking at their smartphones and they're seeing what else someone else has to say and they're texting each other and, and they're not enjoying that one-on-one direct communication. Now, I, I have no objection to technology, truly I don't, and I know you can't stop it, that would be silly to think you could, but I think there's a time and a place for it and in terms of relationships, direct communication is better and tangible communication is more long-lasting. So... So as we talk about that, someone says, you know, um, especially we have more, even though we're talking about you and the written form, a letter or a handwritten letter especially, but uh, uh, how much does an email or in this case, you know, I mean, the text you we just talked, how much does that uh, tie into any of what you're doing, if I may ask? Well, there are factors here. Is the magnitude of your gratitude bigger than a thank you note? All right. Now, a thank you note anymore, people can sometimes express that in an email, but it's much better if it's handwritten and sent in the mail because people know you took time to do that and it seems special. How many things do you get in the mail anymore that are addressed to you that are nice, good news? So so there's something to be said for the mail, even so. But suppose you did write a text and suppose it was a heartfelt letter in an email a text, I'm sorry, an email, and you're sending it and that person is receiving it and they're very moved at the time and they mean to save that email and they're going to put it in a good safe place and they then two years later their computer crashes and they never backed it up. They never printed it out 
And they're going, I wish I still had that. Whereas if you have a tangible letter, it's something you can hold, something you can take out and look at. It might be special enough to have been framed, and so you might be looking at it a lot. But I feel it's a better way to pass on a family legacy if it's information that's meant to be passed on about another individual. It shows over time why one individual was important to another, and I think that's important for family history. You know, as you say, that, I've come across a couple of uh, uh, organizations uh, that have initiated or encouraged, for example, uh, a father to write a letter to his children or his spouse and uh, vice versa. And uh, in your opinion, is there something about, you know, I I know people a lot of times – and I've seen it in situations where we're dealing with a marriage situation as well, and a, and a husband or a wife goes back and they pick up a box that's just you know, been there for the longest time, and it's got a bunch of handwritten notes that they've kept over the years. Uh, we sometimes, sometimes see this a whole lot more in like movies, but there's something about that, isn't that, Lynette? Can you, can you kind of give us some highlights about what's happening in those moments when, when people are opening such boxes? It's so high touch. It's a way to connect with some somebody or something that happened long ago. And you, you relive it. When you reread those letters, you relive it and you're there. And it's, it's so, so uh, wonderful uh, just to be there in that moment and remember the wonderful things that happened at the time you first received that letter or that your grandma, to, to see what your grandfather wrote to your grandmother when you find those long-lost boxes of letters. Again, it's family legacy, family history, and and it puts you so much in touch. You feel so more connected with your relatives. Lynette, what do you say to someone who says, I'm not a good writer. I know I should do something like this. I want to do something like this, but I don't really feel like I'm a competent writer. How do you overcome that stumbling block? There are a couple of ways. One of them is if the person is still motivated to write a letter and just needs guidance, that's easily given. I know three easy steps to write the letter, and I'll tell you about those in a moment. But if the person, even hearing those steps, goes, there is just no way. And I'm going to be honest with you, my husband is one of those people. Okay, Um, He can read. He chooses not to, unless it's a technical manual. I've never seen him write more than about a sentence. Um, So he would be an example. But, for example, one of the appendices in my book is 15 demographic lists of positive words to describe somebody special. And it's possible to pick the demographic list that best applies to the person you're writing to, such as an older woman or a military service member or someone religious or spiritual or a teen boy, and circle the words that describe that person and then make what they call a word cloud. Uh, there's a free website called wordle.net, W-O-R-D-L-E dot net. And you can go there and just type those words in and then it creates word art out of that. And that becomes something you can frame and give to the person as an expression of your appreciation for them. And that way you don't have to compose sentences or anything else. That's an excellent idea. Tell us a little bit more about Tell me a little bit more about the word cloud. I think that's an excellent uh, analogy. I can kind of picture that. And it seems to be really simple. Tell me, about, tell me a little bit more about how the word cloud works. Because I've heard of it, but not too many of our audience may have heard of something like that. Well, just imagine a set of words that some of them are written horizontally, some are written vertically, and they're all artfully created with either a dark or a light background in a, in a particular color scheme and a particular font. In some of the word clouds, the, the words are written diagonally. So there are different designs. You can pick one and say, I want my words to look sort of like that. And then you get that, and then you pick your favorite color scheme, your favorite font. One of the things, at least with Wordle.net, that I've noticed is when you want certain words to stand out larger than others, you type them multiple times. I created one of these for my husband when he retired at the end of last September. 
and I typed Ben Smith, Ben Smith, Ben Smith. And then there were about five qualities he had as an employee that I thought really stood out above the rest, so I typed each of those twice each, and then the rest of the qualities once each. And then I clicked the Go button at Wordle.net, and it created a word cloud where his name was most prominent. The, those five qualities were second most prominent, and the rest were a little bit smaller type. So that's a way to add interest and also show prominence. So that's great when you put somebody's name into that word cloud. And that's frameable art. It's great. As you were talking about, Lynette, I'm thinking we, as we get you going, I, I want you to help us tie in a little bit. We are at that time of the year when families and the emotional connections and so forth mean a lot to all of us. And uh, and so um, do you have some suggestions, just before we get into your book and other things later, but do you just have some simple suggestions for people at this time of the year of the Christmas? We just got done with Thanksgiving. What should people be thinking about, or what should be some thoughts about us writing a letter to, uh, to express our emotional connections or to engage? Well, let's look at a, a typical family, multiple children. If those children are old enough to appreciate a letter, parents can write a joint letter from the two of them to each of the children. Uh, so if you've got three kids, you've got three letters. And each one, and I, this is where I'll go ahead and talk about the simple components of a letter. Mm-hmm. Three easy ideas. You start with a shared treasured memory that you describe. You know, So if you remember when your kid did something particularly cute, you talk about that and you say, I thought that was so sweet and precious and it really showed how you, whatever. And then in the next paragraph, you talk about the qualities you most appreciate about that child. And you give an example or two. Uh, and then the third paragraph talks about the difference that child has made in your own life or in the lives of others. So showing the child that the child is appreciated and, and they noticed how that child is special. And after that, you just say, thank you for being who you are, love, mom, and dad. So that would be an example, writing letters to your children, if the children are old enough to appreciate them. Um, Can you imagine how meaningful that would be if these are teenagers? And Lynette, as you as you say that to you're not talking about a three or five or a ten page letter. You just oh, no, I mean give us bring us some 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 relative understanding of what you're asking us to do there. Three paragraphs, and I'm talking in this case, and I don't mind technology. I do most of my composing on the computer, and if you're going to frame something or or it's a possibility it'll be framed, it's all right to print it out from the computer in a nice readable font. Uh, plan ahead of time, get your frame ready so you know what margins you have to work with and so on. But the, uh, it's just, sorry, lost the train there. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, it's it, what I'm asking you to do. That's right. Write those three paragraphs. Simple as that. Then do it on nice stationery. Plan the margins accordingly. Uh, perhaps present it either in a frame or in an attractive binder. And and with some degree of ceremony, you might want to read the, the letter aloud at the time it's being presented. And, and again, I've only given the example of, of parents writing to children, but turn it around. Let's talk about um, three teenagers who may want to write to their parents. Well, you don't just have one teenager write the letter. You make sure they collaborate and all three teenagers write their own letters or you write a joint letter. You don't want one one kid looking extra special and the others not looking so good because they didn't do it. So you want to be sensitive to others. But but seriously, the idea of writing a letter showing that someone has made a big difference in your life is something almost nobody gets that kind of acknowledgement anymore, and it's important to express it. Lynette, how long from that special letter did it take you to say, that, that, hey, this would make a great book idea, and I can really affect people's lives. Tell me a little bit about that part of the story. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, well, the, the wedding for my son and daughter-in-law happened five years ago, and that was in November, and about the following March, I thought, it, the whole time I'd been thinking about that and going, more people ought to know about this. And so what I did initially was think, Maybe I'll write a tips booklet on how brides and grooms can write to their parents. 
And I was working on that and then talked with a marketing expert, and the marketing expert said, you need not one booklet but four. The other one on how the parents can write to the son or daughter getting married, and of course a bride can write to the groom and a groom can write to the bride. So I ended up creating a series of four booklets on the subject, and those were published in late 2009. And then I thought after a while, you know, this needs a broader audience, not just weddings. And one day I was talking with with somebody in a in a business consultation. Honestly, she was well. She was talking about life purpose and kind of kind of reading fingerprints, to be honest. And and she had analyzed mine because I was one of her guinea pigs. And she said, you know, Lynette, you're pretty well balanced in all respects except for your right index finger. And I said, oh yeah, what's the matter with that? And in so many words, she said, well, you're kind of a professional fence sitter. You get gung-ho on something and then you kind of stop because you're afraid it's going to mean big change, whether it's good change or bad change. And I said, oh my gosh, Louise, you know, you're so right. And right now, one of those things that I've been doing that for is deciding should I or should I not write a book about writing all kinds of letters of appreciation. And as soon as I spoke the words, I got that good little voice in my head that said, your book will be published by August 15th those very words. And I said, oh my goodness, Louise, I've got my answer. Now I know I better do it. And I did. So August 15th of 2012, my book was published. And I've never turned back since. While I was writing the book, I developed something called, that turned out to be my life purpose, which is, I nickname it the big achievable goal to get millions of people worldwide to write heartfelt letters of appreciation so they can establish enhance, and even rebuild their relationships, and in that way, change their world. So that's how that all evolved. Excellent. We'll be back with more with author Lynette Smith on this edition of Motivation with a Purpose after this time out. You're listening to Motivation with a Purpose Radio on TalkZone.com. Back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Yes, yes, good morning again this Friday here in the Pacific Northwest and wherever you are, maybe afternoon or evening, but we are here with our special guest, author Lynette Smith. She is the author of Write Heartfelt Letters to Treasure for Special Occasions and Occasions Made Special. Lynette, as we were talking in our previous segment, you happen to use a word a few times that is very dear and uh, to my heart, and I don't think you realized it, but you used you used the word legacy quite a few times. Uh, I myself, being an author as well, uh, spent uh, spent a lot of time with my work and my training of individuals and families to understand the importance of multi generational family legacy and how it can be so healthy. Uh, not only for the individual, but for the family and for our culture long term. So since you introduced that word and used it so many times in your conversation, tell us a little bit more about the power of writing letters to impact our legacy, family legacy. It seems like there's something that's dear to your heart as well. You're indeed right, Zeke. Without the written letters, look at so many people are interested in genealogy these days. Guess what they're going to look for? things in writing. Yes, they may find them on the internet, but they were things that somebody wrote in the first place about somebody, even if it was carving a gravestone. But So you're looking at a picture of a gravestone of your great-great-great-great-grandmother, and you're going, yeah, well, okay, now I know when she was born and when she died and what her name was. What else do I know about her? Nothing. You might have known when she came over to this country. Okay. Do you know anything about how she felt when she was coming over to this country? How she felt when she met her husband? Do you know how she felt when she had her children? People used to write letters all the time. There was no technology per se. They wrote letters to express themselves. And yes, it took a long time for those messages to reach the other individuals, as you mentioned earlier in the program. But they did reach them and they did get saved and it was a way that people could connect on a deep level. And those are the letters that when you find them in the dusty shoebox up in the attic and you discover them and you, you just, 
it brings a whole new meaning to family and and your family history, and you know more about who you are because you know more about who they were. I mean, and, and I think uh, I echo you there because a lot of times, in a couple of ways, first of all, we do not realize how uh, letters are a deliberate way to transfer that legacy. I mean, one of the things that my wife and I have in our home, you're talking about things in a plaque, letter and so forth, on a, in, a, in a plaque or in a frame. We have in a frame as well, for example, from a family standpoint, our statement of identity and vision of what our, who our family is and our children as they grow up more and more and learn to read better. Uh, they, learn, they read that and they understand. But we forget also that even for me as a Christian, the, most of the Bible was g- given to us especially look, talking about the Apostle Paul in the form of letters and how important that can be, huh? Absolutely. If we didn't have those letters today, where, where would the Christian faith be? You know, uh, you need people to record history, whether it's recorded on a one-on-one basis from personal experiences or whether you're trying to get across a larger message. It, it's vital to get things written and out there to the audiences intended to have them. Lynette, how can, how can we take this idea of writing letters from a personal level and on a personal level and apply that to business, let's say? How can we take the same concepts from your book and apply that to business? There is actually a chapter in the book about letters related to career. So let's look at the possibility of you work with a team, and one of your team members is particularly supportive and helpful and steps in, on whether it's on a regular basis or on a special project. They went the extra mile. Now, here's a situation where the magnitude of your gratitude may be bigger than a thank you note. A thank you note may be appropriate to the circumstance, but if it was something really big, like a nine-month-old project, and that person played a key role and was always there for you, wouldn't it be great to write a letter of appreciation to that individual, give a copy of it to the supervisor, give a copy to human resources, and make sure that everybody who counts in that company knows how special that one person was with his or her efforts in this project. That's just one example, but there are also occasions like promotions. When somebody's promoted, it's appropriate to write a letter, and they often do, but but you can make that letter a little more personal. And again, give a copy to Human Resources. It's nice to build that folder with positive things rather than negative things. Uh, the person may... may um, be preparing to retire, as my husband did a couple months ago. That was also another uh, another situation where his boss was able to write him a letter of appreciation. And honestly, by the way, I wrote my husband a letter of appreciation at that point, too, talking about how wonderful he had been over the years at, with such a strong work ethic and supportive of the family and, and you know, keeping all of this in mind and really being a hard worker and, and that I appreciated those qualities about him so much. So, so I wrote a letter to my husband relating to his career and to his family and how the career affected the family. So, so lots of circumstances at work. Um, I had mentioned that wordle, word cloud earlier. One of the ideas that I like to put forth is turn your workplace into a thank tank And one way to do that is when you have a team environment, have the administrative assistant for the team pass out a list of all the employees with a blank line after each name. Each person on the team gets that list, fills in one to three positive words describing each of the other teammates, turns that back into the administrative assistant who then consolidates the list and creates a word cloud for each of the team members. And those can then be presented at the next team meeting. And these artfully presented word clouds can be displayed in their work area or whatever. They become a positive reinforcement, a good reason to show up to work every day because this is what your coworkers think of you. And it's a good source of conversation for each other. So that's a wonderful way to turn the workplace into a think tank. 
That's a that's a great way to show creativity in a more uh, how can I say visual way is here yeah. is what I hear you describing. And if we can show things in a more visual way, people will become more attracted to it. That's what I hear you saying. Exactly right. Yeah, that visual again. They're conversation starters. They're visual reinforcements every day for why I showed up to work and what my coworkers think of me. And it's also going to prevent a fair amount of that. Uh, you know, sometimes there are coworkers we don't get along so well with, but but this is a feel good thing you can look at every day and go, yes, but it's worth it being here because this is what most of my team thinks of me. Lynette, when you started to write the book, did you have any real idea of what kind of impact this could have on people besides your own per- besides your own personal experience? And do you have any stories of the book itself impacting others out there that you'd like to share with us? I have stories of people who have written letters. And, and actually, I'd like to mention on my website, which is goodwaystowrite.com, there's a tab there called Heartfelt Stories, where I've invited people to contribute their own stories of how receiving or writing a letter of appreciation has impacted them in a big way. There are some amazing stories in there. I know one person, for example, who on her 60th birthday decided to write a letter of appreciation to everybody she could think of who was still living, who had had a positive impact on her life, and she presented those letters. Uh, There's another gentleman, Dave Dunn, who every year as the holidays approach, for for the several weeks previous to Christmas, he works in the prison and he teaches the prisoners how to write a heartfelt letter of appreciation to their families, and those become the Christmas gift, which I think is quite close to your theme here. And that Christmas gift, he gets stories back from the prisoners later on about what a major difference those letters have made in those prisoners' family relationships. Even, for example, where a prisoner may be restricted from having direct contact or knowing where his or her child is at this time. There may be a a restraining order of some kind. The prisoner can still write the letter, send it to another location that's authorized, and then that person can forward it to the child. And that has made a big difference. And they get these, these wonderful stories back that it has made such a difference, and the prisoners are very excited. So that's just two of several stories on that page. Lynette, uh, I want to come back a little bit to your book and a little, uh, your book here uh, and talk more about that. But before we get too deep into that, which you've already given us some great analogies from your book, but I want you to, uh, you started talking a little bit earlier, and I don't want us to skip this and give some ideas to our audience here about, you, you mentioned maybe through reading, but are there some, is there a list of ways that you have by which we can present letters of, I mean, are there some unique ways that you have thought of or you have seen others use to present those letters of appreciation after they have been written? Yes. I mentioned they can be framed. I mentioned they can be in a binder. They can also um, be just packaged up and gift wrapped. But in terms of presenting, if you can possibly do so, it's best to present them in person so that you can read the letter aloud and then leave the letter with them. If you can also, previous to this, perhaps have yourself videotaped reading the letter aloud, you can give them a video of the experience. You can give them an audio recording of yourself reading the letter aloud. Um, All of these things are good ways to to get that letter to enhance the experience. If there is a, let's let's say my husband's retirement as an example. Um, I read that letter aloud to him at the retirement party, you know, the one we had amongst our friends. So look at the letter and decide, first of all, is it public in nature? Is it meant to be heard by more than one, more than just the recipient? You know, if you have a romantic letter, maybe not. But one of these other letters, find a public occasion such as a 90th birthday party or or a retirement or a large family gathering 
what a great opportunity to be able to read that letter aloud so that not only the recipient knows he or she is special, but so does everyone around them. And that adds and that adds a degree of ceremony to the experience. Yeah, that's, that's something indeed that is very uh, warming, especially when we when someone knows that we have yes taken the opportunity to write that letter but when it's taken when we take the next step of being very particular and thoughtful about how we present that especially in the presence of others and we can acknowledge that you know uh verbally if per se uh, you know uh, sometimes we are shy and and we well, those who are recipients you know are shy we don't want we feel embarrassed but at the end of the day uh it can end up being one of the most enticing most enthusiastic moments of our lives if I can call it that would you say I would absolutely agree with you it it brings people together whether it brings just you and the recipient together or it brings a larger group into a more cohesive relationship it's nothing but positive no matter what happens (laughs) indeed 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 so uh, we we will come back and talk more about your book but uh, uh, talk about you know some of the, if you can call it, the unique features about your book that you think that our audience can benefit from? I think there are plenty. The book is divided into three parts. Part one is called The Basics, and it talks about how to plan, write, package, present, and enhance your letter. So that is, it's like less than 20 pages of, of reading background you'd want to read first. Part two is the special occasion section, such as birthdays, milestone anniversaries, um, cultural and religious rites of passage, and there are plenty of those, occasions related to school, the military, and so on. Uh, And each of those talks about getting in touch with your feelings and what the importance of the occasion is so that you can properly address it to the individual you're writing to. And then the third part is the occasions made special, where one day you think, you know, that teacher I had back in seventh grade really made a difference in my life. I think I'm going to write a letter. So you have made the occasion special. And that's the type of thing that takes place in part three. Part three also talks about um, mending a torn relationship, matters relating to extending an olive branch of forgiveness or asking for forgiveness. Um, because that's so important. These can be obstacles to good relationships. When somebody gets on a high horse about one thing or another and decides they they just can't get over it, well, yes, they can if they choose differently. Uh, Forgiveness is the biggest part of peace, in my opinion. Um, Whether you grant it or ask it, uh, you need to make forgiveness a good platform for your life so that you can move on in a peaceful, loving way without obstacles. Besides, anger and resentment, they make you sick on the inside. But that's another tangent. Anyhow, so that's part three. But here comes the appendix after that. And the appendix has a lot of powerful sections. You know, some people may want to begin or end their letter with a famous quotation. And there are several hand-picked quotations based on different themes that you might like to choose from to put in your letter. There's another section that is the the 15 demographic word lists that I mentioned, and I have to share with you that each of those word lists of 72 words was gleaned from a list that started as being over a thousand words. So if I was thinking which of these over a thousand words might apply to a small child and might be the most powerful positive words, And I would pare that list down to 72 words. And that was the small child list. And I did the same thing 15 times. So you're looking at the best of the best of the best positive words for that particular demographic. And those word lists are a great way to start as you're thinking about what what are the positive traits of this individual that I might want to write about? What are the most special ones of all in this list? So it helps you zero in on what you want to write about. Then there's another list after that that talks about jump-starting your sentences for when you're really stuck. Now, I hate to say this is template writing. It truly isn't. They're simply jump-starts because I am 
not in favor of templates, but if you're still looking at all of this and you're going, I can't make the first sentence come out. Well, here's a sentence beginning. Remember back when we blank? Well, you get to fill in that blank, but it will prompt you to decide what to fill in. So we have several themed sentence jump starts in that one section as well. Then there's another section that talks about different holidays and uh, special months of the year, like the National Gratitude Month and so on, that can be your excuse for writing a letter to that seventh grade teacher, for example. So all of these appendices together help you zero right in on what you want to say. Excellent, excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Lynette Smith. She is an author, and she is. And we are at that beautiful time of the year when our hearts are being connected uh, in various ways, unique ways. We have great memories coming up about in our hearts, and we're being warmed about our relationships. And what better way to express these relationships than in a letter, a handwritten letter, or just simply a letter to the ones you love and care so much about and ones that you may not care as much about that may heal a wound. So we'll be right back here on Motivation with the Purpose with Lynette Smith, our special guest. It's time for more Motivation with a Purpose radio on TalkZone.com. Now, back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Welcome back to this edition of Motivation with a Purpose. I'm Rich Hallstrom, and once again, my co-host, Zeke Bambolo, is right by my side. Our special guest today is author Lynette Smith, author of the book, How to Write Heartfelt Letters to Treasure for Special Occasions and Occasions Made Special. Lynette, once again, thank you for your contribution to to today's Motivation with a Purpose episode. And I've got to go back to something you just mentioned on the show, the word lists that you have pared down. How were you able to take those thousand-word lists and boil them down? That just seems like an overwhelming task, but you were able to do it. How did, how did you pull it off? Well, first of all, I guess you have to have a little bit of obsessive blood in you. <laughs> I know I do. As a copy editor, yeah, that's part of the job, too. But to, to be honest, I could, let's say if I was trying to boil down the list for a small child, there are clearly words that don't apply. So I printed these out in pretty fine print, five columns to a page and, you know, several pages worth, and I would quickly go through and cross out the ones I knew were not a candidate for that list. And then I'd go back and I'd do it again. And after a while, it would start, I'd, I'd count what was left. I'd go, well, we're getting there. Now let's look and see if there are any duplicate words, words that mean the same thing. And if so, let's pick the better of the two or the better of the three. And that's how I managed to pare the list down. Lynette, how has this book affected you since it's come out? Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's. It's been the cause of my life's purpose, that big achievable goal I talked about. And whereas at one time I envisioned myself being a copy editor, and I'm not going to change careers, by the way, uh, but I just thought, well, okay, I'll copy edit as long as I'm capable, and then I'll retire, and then I'll live like an old retired lady when I have to. But until then, I like copy editing a lot. And none of that has changed. But when this book came into to play, Suddenly, here I am in the latter part of my life going, wow, this really does represent a life's purpose. It's so important. And let's talk about the big picture as to, you know, the role my life and that book is going to play in the big picture of changing the world. I firmly believe that we have a continuum of emotions. And at the one end is some very positive ones like love, gratitude, appreciation, that the other one is very negative ones like anger, fear, and resentment. Fear and love, more than one authority has has boiled that down to just those two opposite ends of the continuum, fear and love. And, And they've acknowledged, and I agree, that hatred is just a symptom of fear, just as gratitude is a symptom of love. I feel that when people write these letters of appreciation, They are changing their world by changing their relationships and making those relationships more positive. 
And when a person receives a letter like this or writes one, it puts them in a place of gratitude mentally. And when they're focused on gratitude, they're focused on love, and they are hopefully inspired to turn around and share that gratitude and love with others by writing other letters or expressing gratitude and love in other ways. And that's how we get that that dynamic of getting people to focus more on the loving aspect of life than on the fearful aspect of life. So I feel that by getting more people to write these letters, they're going to change their world. And as millions of people start writing these letters, it's going to change the world as a whole. And I see that as changing its focus from fear to love. And guess what? That also means peace. Lynette, that is a brilliant vision, and that leads me to my next question, because one of the ways that we can generate uh, love and peace and change the world around us is to accept and give forgiveness. How do we, how do we write a forgiveness letter? Take us through the steps and what it should, should look like and what we should be aiming for. First of all, I'd like to say, let's talk about the motivation to extend or ask forgiveness. How do we feel inside when we're unforgiving or unforgiven? There, there's anger, there's upset. We're, we're Honestly, we're making ourselves sick on the inside. And, you know, you've doubtless heard this expression, feeling anger and resentment is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. It makes yourself sick. So from a very honestly selfish standpoint, if you're feeling that way, why do you want to continue to feel that way? So so that's the physiological motivation for, for the forgiveness. But then let's talk about what is the relationship like when someone has not forgiven. It's hurtful and it's hurting and it's not it's not healthy. It needs to change. We can choose to forgive. I've heard people say, I just can't forgive her. She did such and such to me. Well, that person has chosen not to forgive. That person also has the freedom to choose again. And even if the person bears resentment towards an individual, you know, five minutes later, you can choose again. You can keep choosing again. So that's a background for forgiveness. But to write a letter of forgiveness, you know, there's, there's either the person wanting to grant forgiveness or the person wanted to ask it. I'm going to talk about from the standpoint of wanting to ask forgiveness. You know you've done something to upset another person in your life, and you think you kind of know what it is, or maybe you don't. You just know that other person is upset with you. Write the letter from your heart. Don't send that first draft. Don't send that first draft, whatever you do because there's going to be too much emotion powering behind it. But if you're the person asking forgiveness, you talk about how you imagine that this other person is angry and you understand why, because you, you in hindsight you see that you did thus and such and it probably didn't go over so well and the more you think about it, the worse you feel about it and you really, really are genuinely sorry and you'd like to ask forgiveness. But now let's turn it around and let's pretend I'm the one who's angry at someone else and I'm going to write a letter to that person and just tell them what I think of them. All right? So that letter, that's the one where you better burn that first draft. But get it out. Get all the in, all the emotion out into that letter and then go back and after you've burnt the first one, write another one. This time, make sure there is no implied finger pointing in that letter. If someone else upset you because they did such and such, the way you do it is say, I felt really bad when this happened, as opposed to, when you did that thing, you made me really mad. There's a difference there. You're keeping it about yourself. In this case, it ought to be all about yourself and not about the individual. You talk about circumstances and occurrences, but no trace of finger pointing even though everybody knows the other person did it. And then you say, I'd like to revisit this. Uh, I feel bad that it happened, and I'd like us to to maybe rebuild our relationship and move forward, because there's no point in dwelling on the past. What do you think? 
you leave the ball in their court. One of the things about the asking forgiveness is it's probably hard to do in person because the other person may slam the door on you. Right. It's hard to do on the phone because they may hang up the phone. But the letter is something they can look at without being feeling confronted and without feeling they need to posture. So that letter can be the best olive branch you can send. Lynette, I want to ask you, as you've just so eloquently expressed, uh, this, uh, writing a forgiveness letter, if I just came out of nowhere and picked up your book, uh, could I go through your book and literally get the framework that you just so eloquently described in in writing that letter, and how would you suggest someone use your book to do so? The last chapter in the book is called Mending a Torn Relationship. The formula is there. All right. So you've been uh, you've been talking about writing letters and so forth with uh, us today. And as we talk about your book and a variety of other things you've shared with us, what are some things you want our audience to take away from our time with you today? Write the letter. If you feel capable of writing it without the help of the book, that's fine. I want you to write the letter. It's going to do nothing but good. If you feel not capable of writing the letter, I would suggest getting the book. It's available online at major retailers, or if you want it inscribed or or signed, you can order it from my website, goodwaystowrite.com. Write the letter. Write the letter. Uh, if you even, despite all that, like my husband, you're never going to write a letter, maybe make a word plaque. It's okay. That word cloud, something that you can give to the other person. And then make it creative. You can just talk it to them. You can talk a letter to them, even if you can't write it down. You can talk from your heart about why you like the other person. All of those possibilities are there. Appreciation is the key. Just express it. Excellent advice, Lynette. Once again, thank you very much for being on the show today. Our guest has been Lynette Smith, the author of How to Write Heartfelt Letters to Treasure for Special Occasions and Occasions Made Special. Zeke, another great show. Indeed, indeed. Uh, good. Just uh, again, I think great timing to have Lynette on our show as we roll into this time of the year. And we certainly pray that our audience would take some good pointers and have felt whole words come through clearly in how important it is to take a few minutes and write a heartfelt letter to our loved ones and those we feel have wronged us or we've wronged. Just a perfect you, show. And I think we've learned today, Zeke, you can change your world, change your world with just one letter because words do mean something and words have power. And with that, I'm Rich Hallstrom and for my co-host Zeke Bambola, we invite you to join us next week for another exciting episode of Motivation with a Purpose right here on Talk Zone.